0: Welcome back to another Impactful Night. Other Impact Education, Alicia, id 34 Isaiah Drone III. Tonight's panelists are Bill Superfoot Wallace and John Marion. John Marion, please say hello to the people.
1: It's great to see everybody here everybody tonight and be on your show again. We we're on last week, it we was a great time, and uh, I think you did a beautiful job. And you have wonderful guests on your show, so thank you for having me again.
0: I'm so glad to have you back, sir. Yeah. And the legend himself, Bill Superfoot Wallace, please say hello to the people, sir. Hello.
2: are you guys doing? Hey, just remember I'm in warm Florida and it's fun kicking people.
0: Oh my god. Listen, we're going to have so much fun tonight but we're going to learn uh, so much and for the listening audiences out there I hope this is something you can share with your friends, your family members and this is a classic. This is going to be a classic tonight. And with that being said the topic for tonight is, is it smart to back out of a fight? I want to open up the panel real quick with that question What did you think when you got the topic for the night? John Marion? what did you think, sir?
1: I tell you, right away, I avoid any kind of fight as much as I possibly can. If I'm given no choice, then I'll use force to stop that force. That's always been my way.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that, sir. And the legend, Bill Superfoot Wallace, what did you think when you got the topic for tonight, sir? Is it smart to back out of a fight?
2: I don't really know because I've never been in one. I've never been in a street fight. I got one fight when I was a high school senior, and that lasted two punches, and that was it. You know, I don't know how I would react, but, you know, hey, you have no idea what somebody has in his pocket. So if he's picking a fight with you, and you don't know how many friends he has around the corner, you don't know what he's got in the car, you know, you I mean you might hand me your best shot And there's nothing We don't know what drugs he's on So for me I just say excuse me I'm sorry I can apologize with the best of it
0: That was rich That was so rich Again the topic tonight is Is it smart to back out of a fight Violence is all around us But rules are all around us as well Because of what we see And what we have experienced What we've seen on the headline news Our headlines read today That there's so much aggression And aggression has increased And that aggressive behavior Seems to get more out of control More now than ever these days Every time you flip on the TV You see it Every time you turn on the TV You see it Every time you listen to the radio You hear it And so it's so common To hear about Or see people fighting On social media You see it you experience in, in yeah. relatives, in homes, right? At sporting events, even on the public transportation. You catching the bus, you catching the train. John, he's in New York. They got the trains out there. While, That's right. While Bill, he's in Florida. They got boats, you know? So people are fighting on boats. And it's, it's really not a funny situation. Yeah. And it's.
2: it's yeah. Go ahead. The, the problem with, with people is, you know, it's like little kids. Uh, it's it's so funny. They, you, know, you watch television commercials and you say about how kids are really nice, but you know how they learn to be bad. No, they don't. You put two kids in a crib and you put one toy in there with them. One of the kids will grab the toy and start playing with him. You don't ever sit hand of it to the other kid. So it
0: so is it for himself it, it, it's, it's a trait that we are all born with and, and you know when, yep. when when the panelists came on tonight this this is I'm telling you listeners this is a superstar panel I thought about and this is gonna sound funny but the person that came up in my mind <laughs> is Bruce Lee Bruce Lee is the person that came up in my mind because he was culturally, Diverse in a way that he spreaded his culture, his way of life throughout the United States. So I would, so I would call that cultural diffusion. He diffused his way of life in our society, and our culture, and we changed. We changed our dress code. We changed the way we carried ourselves. We changed the way we approached a fight, a confrontation based off of what we saw Bruce Lee do. Right. And like I said, you know, we see violence in, in public transportation. We see it in our schools, definitely in our schools. We, we see it even in the workplace. And so tonight we're going to talk about intervening. We're going to talk about how to intervene from, a, especially a physical fight, even a verbal fight, and how sometimes some fights are so dangerous that you need to know the signs. And you know, the, you need to know, like Kenny Rogers said, know when to hold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. And so, with that being said, let me go first to Bill Superfoot Wallace, sir. You know, I've been trying to get you on this podcast since Las Vegas, and I'm just so thrilled that you are here. But what you got going on currently, sir, besides being in the in the sunny, uh, warm uh, climate in Florida?
2: I just well, I just travel around doing seminars and things. But you know, like of all the of all the teachings that I've done, I taught very very few seminars in self defense because you know I teach people how to fight. I teach people techniques. But you know, think about think of all the techniques you've learned. And I'm just talking martial arts right now, not fighting or anything like that. But think of all the techniques you've learned. How many do you use when you spar? Three, four, maybe five. And, 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 you know, and people that get in fights, you know, they're, they're looking for something. They're looking for, uh, you know, a confrontation where they can bully somebody. You know, uh, if you and I get in a fight, if you and I, if I pick a fight with you, that's because primarily I think I can whip you. I know you can <laughs> and but you know that, but that's it you know people get in fights because they th- they know they can whip the guy so uh, you, you don't see two people out there that says well I'm a champion you're a champion let's just fight and see who's the best
0: you, you know what you said uh, cause I this, the first question I want to ask you because I, and I I wanted to ask you this in Vegas but I couldn't get to you because everyone was crowding around you. You just couldn't get to you because you're you're iconic. You are a martial art expert. You are a, a filmmaker. You're, you're a director. You're an actor. And I want to ask you the question. I'm asking now, how, how did you get started into martial arts? What, what was your stepping stone? Um, for many people, it was bullying, uh, be, being bullied.
2: When I was in junior high school, I was about 5'2", five, 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 something like that. And my father was a high school basketball coach. He was a high school football coach. So I naturally got on the team. Uh, as a 7th and 8th grader, I was the long snapper. You know what the long snapper is in football? I was, I was the one stupid enough to keep my head down and snap the ball back to the punter or to the place kicker. And I just got the living academy. out of me. Because there was no, no three-second rule back then. And when, when I became a freshman in high school, uh, I figured, well, I'm too little to play football, too short to play basketball. So I'm walking down the hallway, and I walk by this room. I see a bunch of guys rolling around on, on the floor the mat with each other. So I walk in and say, what are you guys doing? i the coach. I'm the Well, this is the wrestling class.
0: Forced to just be yes. tough, a, a tough guy, and so when, when it comes to de-escalating different types of situations, uh, let's talk about strategies. Let's talk about what are some strategies you use, Mr. Marion to de-escalate a fight.
1: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to keep it very real. I mean, when it when I started martial arts, I was in Brooklyn, and my mother opened the door, and she's watching a, a bully taking my head and slamming me to the curb and blood coming out of the back of my head. That was the beginning of my martial arts training when I was eight. And like, you know, we were a lower income family at the time. So my father took a duffel bag and he stuffed whatever he could find in that bag. And he said, you know, he was doing, uh, he trained with the Japanese maybe for two years at that time, so he was a maybe intermediate level, but he started to teach me what he knew. And I had to hit that bag every day continuously. So when that same bully approached me, I hit him in the face as fast and as hard as I could until he fell on top of me. And he was so big that I thought he was still going to hurt me, but he was uh, surprised by my reaction, and he got up off me and walked away. So that... Violence was the answer at that time, but it's not how I would teach that today. Today it's about having a conversation and telling a person to stop politely. If that doesn't work, you can walk away. If that doesn't work, you can respond verbally and give them a warning. And you continue to do that unless someone strikes first, and then you would have to use force to stop force. So first is verbal, but usually, when, when people attack verbally, they have underlying issues They usually come from parental or peer bullying And they're simply attacking whoever they can because they have that anger inside and they don't know how to deal with it. That's
0: a real story Transparent And it. I'm telling you right now So many people can identify With what you just said John Marion Thank you for that sir And uh, let, let me go back because Don't go anywhere because I'm going to go back to you But I let me go back to Mr. Bill Wallace Mr. Bill Superfoot Wallace Because most people know For those listeners that don't know who this man is He has <coughs> never, never lost a fight I believe he has won 23 uh, championship fights around the world and he he's he's done this for, for years, he's been in movies with Chuck Norris I mean you name it if you were a iconic martial artist he, you've worked with this man and so my question to you is because you are you're a champion John Marion is a champion as well but, Mr. Wiles, you, you're a champion. You have been in film. You have been in uh, radio, television, you name it. What inspires you to keep doing what you're doing at 77 years old? You're still doing it. You're still out there. You're doing seminars. You're, you're, you're teaching children how to fight. You're teaching grownups how to fight. You, what is your passion? What is your why?
2: It's fun. I have an absolute blast. I get to work out with them. If you've ever been to one of my seminars, John has been to every bunch of them. Uh, every, I, I work out just as hard, if not harder than people in the seminars. I kick probably more than anybody else does in the seminar because it's fun. I enjoy it. My wife goes with me. She'll sometimes I'll get her to take a self-defense part of it and go through some of the kicking techniques, go through a back backlist, go through punching. But, yeah, it, it's, just, it's a ball. It's a blast. It's, I'm 77 years old, and I still enjoy I still do the splits. Uh, it's, just, it's just fun. I enjoy it. I love the hell out of it.
1: You know, can I share something with you about Bill? Of course, please. Hi, yeah. So when you mentioned Bruce Lee earlier, what a lot of people are not aware of is that Bruce became Bruce Lee because of the circle that he embraced. And in that circle was a guy like Joe Lewis who was a champion at that time. They trained together. And Lewis learned things from Bruce, but certainly Bruce learned from Lewis. Lewis is a bigger guy, strong and fast. Joe Lewis was very close with Bill Wallace. They trained together. There was a guy named Gene LaBelle who thought Bruce had a grapple. So there was a circle of influence in Bruce's life that made Bruce Lee who he was and that circle is the seed of what we call MMA mixed martial arts so it all came from what these guys were doing and that's what I want the world to really understand I respect the legends because without them we would not have the martial arts that we know today
0: you had to share that you no, had to share that you
1: don't no, go ahead that's right Oh, that, that. Yeah, because when you, when, when, yeah, when, you, when you train with Bill, Bill is, he's like a kid, you know, he's like a 70-something-year-old kid, but he's incredibly fast. Like, I'm fast, and people, you know, admire my speed, my ability to move. Bill's got speed, he's got power, and he's got 20 years on me. So it's just, it, it's remarkable. So for me, it's inspirational because, you know, the goal is when you want to, you want to carry your martial art a lifetime. And how do you learn how to do it? Well, you do it with people who are doing it for a lifetime, and it's keeping it's keeping you young. And it is about having fun. And I, if it's not fun, I quit. <laughs> I do something else. You know. So we have a lot of well, fun with those.
2: A lot of it too is, you know, like I'm 77 years old. Okay, I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as strong as I used to be. But when you get older, you get sneaky. You get You get experience. You get intelligence. Right. And maybe I'm not as fast or as strong, but I'm sneaky now. So watch out. I am sneaky. <laughs> I will. It's only it's only cheating if you get caught. What, uh,
0: how did you get the name I know how you got the name but how did you get the name Superfoot how'd, Mr. Wiles how did you get the name
2: Superfoot well uh, up until that time I was Fast Billy Hamburger Bill whatever the case may be because uh, I was in point terms I was really really fast I was quick uh, I fought a kid named Jimmy Cole was a really really good fighter from Los Angeles we fought on uh, live CBS Sportsman's Tackler Television, nineteen seventy six. Uh, second round I caught him with a really, really fast round ass kick to the head and knocked him down. And they kept trying to they kept trying to, to show the kick again and again and again, but they couldn't find it. They couldn't see it on the screen. So I had to from different angles I had to slow it way down and they saw the kick that knocked him out. And it was a front leg, left leg, roundhouse kick to the chin, and about the middle of the second round. And then, and after that, uh, what happened is the, the president of the T.K. guy named Don Quine was at a Lakers basketball game. And he went back to the concession stand, and there was a sign above the concession stand that said, super foot long hot dogs. So, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was either, it was either hot dog or super foot, so they picked super foot.
0: Wow, let's insane. Yep. That's insane. Let me, let, let me ask let, let me ask you another question. I want to open the panel. Let me open the panel with this question because John Marion has to help out with this question to give it what it needs for these ingredients. And so, but Mr. Wise, you can answer it first. It doesn't matter, but the panel's open. The question is, how do you determine whether anyone has a weapon on them or not, and what can you expect them to reach for uh, when they do have a weapon, or how do you know using any like, how do you know if they're looking around for an object to use as a weapon during a fight? Our listeners need to know this and we want to well, know it.
2: Well, number one, expect if they have their hands in their pockets, they probably have something. And That's if they're if they're close you. to you, if they're close to you, uh don't let them get close to you because they, you know, believe me when I tell you the hand is quicker than the eye. So if a guy's close to you, he can punch you before you react to it. So the best thing to do is keep that distance, so he can't punch you, so he can't stick you. So he, you know, there's no way to getting out of the way of a bullet. But you know, if he's got a knife, distance. If he's got a club, distance. You know, hey, you know, he's got to chase me. My back is is a lot more stronger than my front is. So if you stick me, it's going to be in my back. I can run with the best of them.
1: Now I got to go along with Bill, and that's why Bill's side position, standing sideways, is so important to keep distance from any adver- person who wants her. It also, also, it, it, if you've ever watched me
2: fight, I fight perfectly sideways. My, my front arm is down, so you got to go over it, under it, or around it. It's awful hard to go through it. So, same thing with a knife. Same thing with a bullet. You got to go through it, under it, or over it. And uh, you
0: know, it's, it's, it's my it's my protection. Let, let me ask you another question. And this is the panel was open. It is so open right now because I this is I told you this was going to be rich, and I knew it was going to be epic. So, my next question, with the panel being open is what was your What was your toughest fight? What was the toughest fight you had to fight? Both of you have been fighting all over the world, but what was the toughest fight you had to fight? And, where, and give me the location as well. Was it in Canada, was it in the United States, was it in Germany, Russia? What was the toughest fight you had to fight?
1: I, I had one fight to share, but Bill, has, Bill had a lot of fights like that. He was, he, was, uh, he was matched up with the best around at that time. you know. But I had one fight to share. Because we had, uh, Bill had weight division and we had no weight divisions in, in our uh, competition. We were full contact and to the body with, a, with like a fiberglass shield and no contact to the head, but these fights often there was contact to the head even though it wasn't allowed. And without the weight divisions, it became dangerous for a smaller fighter. So i was i entered the ring with a with a canadian fighter who looked like drago from rocky and it was my head didn't meet the height of his shoulders and i knew i was in trouble so we bowed in i took a stance and then i didn't see the kick that hit me in the midsection i was knocked out of the ring and rolled into the audience. And I was was blacked out, like a knockout to the body. I shook my head and I got up slowly, walked back to the ring and tried to think how I was gonna even live from this fight. And I looked over at my father, who was my teacher at the time and his face was red. So we bowed, and then the opponent came again, punched me square in the face. I thought my nose was broke. My head was down. They were checking my eyes, my nose, and they said I was okay to continue to fight. I got up, took my stance again, And this time he kicked me straight in the groin. I couldn't breathe. And they were checking to see where I got hit. And I explained and they picked me up, they shook my body, the lower part of my spine to release the pain from the groin. And this time I realized it was no longer a contest. It was a street fight. And then I took a stance survive. And I came at the fighter and I hit him as hard as I could with a leg kick. And he almost hit the ground. He, he got up, he was angry and disoriented and I hit him with many punches towards the head that I could. And it didn't quite hit his head, but he was so concerned about getting hit and he had fear. And every time the judge would say to begin, I just ran up towards him and kept throwing punches at him. Because I knew they couldn't kick if I stayed close. And then the time was up, the match was over. He was declared the winner, but the crowd cheered for me. So it taught me not to fear anyone, no matter how big they are.
0: Thank you for that, sir. That was powerful. That was powerful, M- Mr. Wiles. Do you have anything, sir, to add to that?
2: Well, every guy, every guy that I fought was was tough uh, because uh, because I was the champion, and most of my fights were CBS Sports Spectacular back then, back in the seventies. Uh, I didn't get a Bum of the Month Club. So what happened is I fought this guy named Blinky Rodriguez, Benny Arcadia's brother-in-law. And we're fighting and having a good, we're having a good good route. And he throws this left hook. Must have been from South America. But he threw this thing. And it wasn't fast. It wasn't very strong. But I saw it coming. I put my right hand up to defend it and didn't make it. He hit me in the chin. And I went, holy crap. And I see all these Guamanians floating all over the place. I said, but I still had enough, you know, <laughs> I controlled it, you know, protected my face and backed up against the ropes and just took the onslaught for a while But and came back and won not around. But that's the hardest I've ever been hit. Hit me and all I saw was little things floating all over the place. I don't ever want to get hit that hard again.
0: <laughs> right, right. Ever. <laughs> you know, the panel is still open and listen, this is rich. This is rich. Let me ask the question while I got you both here. And I want to hear both of your perspectives. In education, we we see it all the time. Every year we see we see gang fights. We see bullies. We see a one child that maybe, you know, talked a little bit too much, and we told them, Hey, don't talk that much because You may get jumped, especially on the last day of school or on the last semester, after semester exams. What would you tell the listening audience about being jumped on by multiple people, by more than one person? What what do you do if you know, this is for boys or girls, if you know multiple people are planning to jump you, what would you tell them?
2: Get out of there. Be gone. Run. Yeah, you know, you the funniest, this, is, this, is the, this is the crazy thing about it. You see all kinds of shows that where guys take on three or four or five guys, like you were talking about earlier with Bruce Lee and all that stuff. But if you, watch, if you ever watch films, if you ever watch movies, one person attacks at a time. There might be 15 people, but only one person attacks at a time. In real life situations, there's going to be two of you. There's going to be two guys jumping at the same time. There's going to be three guys jumping at the same time. You can't get them all. Hey, I had trouble fighting one. What do you think it's going to be like with two or three? So I don't want to have anything to do with more than one.
1: I think that's very realistic. If if you go into a prison cell, somebody goes in who's a great fighter. They're not so great anymore because the inmates come at you three at a time. So there's no winner there. It's just a, they either survive or they don't survive.
2: And that, one one other thing you might do if if there's if, if there's no way you can get out of it, you get the talker, the guy that does all the talking, and you step in with a jab or a punch or a hook or something, and you take it and you take his nose off. Because number one, if you brace his nose or if you flatten him in the nose, first thing that happens is his eyes start to water. So he can't see. So as far as he, as far as he's concerned, the fight's over. And and if everybody wants you slip in real good, you take off.
1: You know, it's like with Bill and has always said, is that you could be lucky by hitting the vital points of a person and doing it quickly and a the situation. But that's if you're timed right and you hit those right points. It's it's really about if you're meant to get out of the situation or not.
0: You got to know when to walk away and you got to know when you got to run. Now we want, next we want to discuss. Well, a, oh, go
1: ahead, numbers, go ahead. I was going to say is that the law says never to strike first. Survival says strike first. So it's a decision you have to listen to your instinct. There's an inner voice, an instinct inside of us that will guide us out of a situation if we listen to it. And that happened, I mean, you can sense danger to avoid it. And you can also sense what to, to, how to get out of it. Like how people survive on the battlefield in war people have survived impossible circumstances because they would go deep inside themselves to know what to do you know but if they're meant to die or they're meant to go they're gonna go yeah
2: well one thing you have to understand fear is wonderful because it'll help you get away It'll help you save yourself and and protect yourself.
0: So you mean you to tell know, me fear? you really
2: bad, but you aren't.
0: So you mean to tell me fear is healthy? You saying fear is a good thing to have? Oh yes, it is. Uh,
2: listen to me. Listen to me. You watch? Have you watched Mike Tyson fight? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You watch Mike Tyson get in his corner, walking back and forth across the ropes, right? Yes, sir. Okay, you watch him walk back and forth in the ring. And the commentator says, look at him. He's in there walking around like a caged animal, right? Right. Bullshit. Pardon my expression. But he is (laughs) just as scared as you or I no no listen to me he is just as scared as you or i because all it takes is he has to understand you understand i understand john understands all it takes is one shot at the right place at the right time and we're dead
1: he's right he was right
2: and i've seen every time I, every time i fought when i walked out in the ring and i stepped in the ring i said to myself what the hell are you doing here Wow. Yeah. Every time, every, you talk to every fighter that ever fought, he's scared. Has to, you have to be. If you're not scared, go home because you're going to lose.
1: Yep. I mean, you have to have enough fear to move yourself in a way that you never did, but not so much fear to paralyze yourself where you're not moving. So it's, it's really, understand how to utilize that fear. But that fear is an aspect of our power.
0: listen this is this is rich this is ri- this is epic uh, let me ask another question because we got people listening they are glued to every word that you're saying and so you you both have been in martial arts for, for a long time I'll just leave it at that <laughs> so but with that being said how necessary is for, for kids to learn self-defense. What's your thoughts? I have
1: a lot of I kids that, that I've taught. That yeah. yeah, Bill. You go first. Right, no, go I, ahead. Don't I, push out. You teach I, the kid. I, yeah, I've I taught thousands, and I've watched so many grow up. And it's my concern, and I'm sure Bill will agree, if um, if the focus of a dojo or a studio is knockout and chokeout, they call it MMA. That's the only focus. I'm deeply concerned about the direction of martial arts. But if the, if, the, if the thought is, how do I teach this child to be a leader? To be a kind human being? A positive contributor to society? Then martial arts is a wonderful thing. And then they learn techniques to stop someone who doesn't have that understanding? standing. So it's important to have that balance. And that's why I believe in the harmony piece.
0: Mr. Wise, what you answer that Bill? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you have to understand, you got a kid, a, a young kid in school. He basically, you know, at, at a young kid, he has no idea what he's doing. He might know how to punch, he might know how to kick, but he doesn't know why. And he doesn't know what it does to somebody else. All he knows is he's practicing these techniques, he's kicked the bags, he's kicked people, you know, sparring and so forth. Um, what, what a lot of people teach now, rather than teaching karate or they teaching Taekwondo, they, they teach life skills. They teach, they teach the young person to take care of himself. They teach him techniques. They teach him movement. They teach him flexibility, strength in the exercises. So where, when he does work out, where he does train, he can protect himself as well as take care of somebody else that that's there. You know, you you can you can stop a lot of fights by just sparing the crap out of somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let, let me let me. I'm gonna throw you a curveball. I'm about to throw you guys a curveball. I'm gonna see what you do to this curveball. <laughs> what direction based off of this conversation and based off what we've seen uh happen to martial arts over the years okay because when i grew up it was it was about discipline the they had a huge movement in the 70s and 80s where they were playing uh kung fu movies all over the the screen the tv and they were making movies and it it got very hollywoodish uh, you know, we westernized it, but what direction is MMA fighting headed toward? And I know we talk about, uh, you know, MMA, UFC, PFL uh, tournaments, but what direction the panels open. What's, what's your thoughts, well, to I,
1: you? I, I have I have I have very deep concerns about it. I mean, I have a friend of mine, a best friend of mine never lost a UFC match. His name is Marcos Martinez, wonderful guy. But he when he started, they didn't have gloves, and it was more real. They didn't have weight divisions, and you know they started having a lot more rules, which I understand. But Marcos didn't draw blood from his opponent. It was all by submission and he took pride in not going out there violently. He wasn't a violent fighter. It's the violent aspect of when people are going out there for blood, and they're standing up on the ring, and they're chanting, and there's a pool of blood on the ground, it's, it's problematic. Or if you have a public figure who's a martial arts fighter, and he talks in ways that I wouldn't want my children to hear it, that's my concern where it's going. But the athleticism is great. Just like with Bill, with what he had done. His athleticism was spectacular. But, you know, I have a dear friend named Leo Fong, who passed away. He was closest to Bruce Lee. And they were best friends, and they would have these deep talks. But he mentioned that, you know, Bruce had a side to him. That was very philosophical. And he really believed in the openness in thinking and learning and growing as a human being. And that's supposed to be the essence of what martial arts is supposed to be. But when the essence is rage in the cage, I have a big question mark on that.
0: Mr. what what's your thoughts? Mr. Bills, before Wallace?
1: Well, MMA is
2: pure... Is, 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 MMA is purely uh, confrontational. It's competition. Uh, you have to understand physiologically what happens in an MMA match. You know, in kickboxing, you hit me and I go down. The referee stops between us, and I get an A count so I can kind of regain my senses somewhat, right? Now, in an MMA match, you hit me, I go down. So... Number one, the hit you hit me, then I hit the floor. That's two. Then you jump on top of me, hit me four more times before the referee grabs you. That's not really four, that's eight, because my head bounces off the floor four times also. So that's really ten shots that you've hit me, and I haven't done anything yet. Now, pretty soon you're going to find out that, that look, at the, look at all the fighters out there that get knocked out, MMA guys now, get knocked out with one shot. They come back. If they say, everybody says oh, that was a lucky shot, lucky shot. He comes back and a couple months later. and gets knocked out again with one shot. When you get when you get hit hard in the head and you get a concussion, your brain swells. And when your brain swells, it pushes down all the all all the, the acid, all the, the the fluid the, not the acid, but the, the synovial fluid and the the, the lubricating fluid that's in the brain. Now surrounding the brain in the and the cranium area, right? Cranial area. So what happens now? You get you get finger touching the chin, you go down, and it's you know you you got right, it's competition. It's like two two gladiators out there fighting. Is that this time the loser doesn't die?
0: Wow. Maybe. That's exactly what it is. That's
2: exactly. what not.
1: No longevity fighters. Yeah, I mean fighters—they
2: show me one fight, terrible beating. Show me one fighter out there that doesn't have cauliflower
0: ears. No, you and you're right. And then the life, the life of these fighters. The news—it was it was like two or three fighters recently. They just died young. One of them was a a young lady. She died at 18 years old. And I'm looking like, wow.
2: (laughs) Your body, your brain can only take so much punishment and you got to realize and you got to realize also, you know, I wrestled. I've been wrestling since 1957. I still wrestle a little bit. And if you look at my ears, there's no cauliflower. There's no they're not mangled because we were forced. You had to in high school and college. You had to wear ear guards, ear protection. You had to. What I don't understand is why MMA guys don't wear it just for practice. Because if you watch the Cauliflowers, you got to get those drained about every six months, and the needles about six inches long. And, and, and they what? got to ha- drain, and that hurts like hell. But what happens if you don't get it drained? It just swells up, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Sometimes it pops out, it bursts. Listen, tonight's
0: topic is: Is it smart? Is it smart? To back out of a fight. (laughs) You are listening to heavyweights. You're listening to world champions tell you the ins and outs of a fight. Yeah, it it looks cool, but if you're not getting paid to fight, you may want to walk away. Let me ask this last question. Oh my goodness, we're out of time. All right, let me ask this last question before we go. why is it important to not fight if you don't have to
2: so you can go home and kiss your wife hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you it. it's like police officers what's the most important aspect to go home after work
1: yeah you get to live your life and enjoy your life when I want to, if I,
2: if, 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 you know, like I said, I've never been in a street fight. I don't want to get in one out. I'll, 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 I can apologize, like I said earlier. I can apologize real, real easy. And I'm full of apologizes. You know, the only thing is, you don't know if I really mean it or I don't. But it still gets me out of the fight.
0: Now, now Miss Wise, you will speak your mind because I remember in Las Vegas, I saw you out there. You will speak your mind. <laughs> There's no questions
1: about that. That guy's so real. But
0: same question, Mr. John Marion, same question.
1: Well, I tell you, I I had a confrontation on the train where I was able to resolve a conflict. It was a guy that had gotten out of jail for manslaughter, and uh, he made it known on the train that he got out of jail. It was myself and an old lady sitting across from me. And at that time, I had my head shaved. It was the summertime, and... He yelled at me on the train and he asked me you know he says hey boy I'm talking to you and uh, he came over and he started yelling he wanted money and I just sat there still I didn't move looking straight at this old lady in front of me and she looked like she was gonna urinate because she was so scared <laughs> And I just stared at her and ignored him. And, it, and then he yelled, are you a skinhead? I said no. And then he sat next to me, bumped into me and he said, I need money from you. I said, I don't have any money. And then he said to me, well, what do you do for a living? So I teach karate. And he says, oh, that's why you've been calm the whole time. He sing you a song. They started to sing to me on the train. And the old lady was confused. The song, as the train stopped, and I said, you're a pretty good singer. And I gave him $2 that I had in my pocket. And I got off the train. And I was very happy about that the way that that ended up. Because if I had to fight him, I would have gotten hurt because he was much bigger. He would have gotten hurt because he wouldn't have expected me to do what I would have done to him. The police would have locked us up. We'd go to jail. The inmates would beat both of us up. And then our lawyers would be fighting. And uh, everyone loses. But that day I felt like I really won.
0: Listen, you knocked it out the ballpark. <laughs> Our time is up, but before we go, what are the takeaways for the night? Who wants to go first?
1: Let's go first.
2: I'm glad to go first. Uh, if you're going to be a martial artist, enjoy it. You know, it's a, a lot of things you can do in, in, in your life that is good only when you're young and in good shape. But martial arts, you can do absolutely forever. You know, I'm 77, like I said, started when I was 57 years old, because wrestling is a martial art. Uh, and I, I have a blast doing it. It's it gotten me all over the world. I've never really had a job, uh, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy training, enjoy teaching, enjoy, enjoy
0: the sparring part of it. Well, wow. uh, Mr. Wise, how old were you when you started fighting again?
2: Well, I, when I wrestled, when I wrestled, it was just smart. I was a freshman in high school, I was thinking I was 14. <laughs>
0: Right, but what, how were you when you started fighting?
2: Oh, uh, 21
0: Okay, 21
2: I learned, I learned the service I was in the service
0: uh-huh. well, Now, what service were you in? Please say Army Please say oh, Army well,
1: I was 18 Excuse me, I was 18
2: you I was 18 because we played judo
0: No, I'm saying what, what, what military service were you in? Air Force Oh, wow Anyway No, I'm
2: joking <laughs> Thank you for your service, sir that's right. We gave you guys good rights. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Mr. The bill, and I have, the bill and I had that in common. I was in the Air Force too. I was, I'm a veteran. I served during the Gulf War. So him and I had that in common. But yeah, I, I trained with my dad for 26 years. I did a style called Shirin Drew. And, and uh, so any any uh, competition that I won was through the Shirin Drew It was like a world uh, organization. And it was a great experience uh, for me. But was I a world champion? I had one year where I won almost the round robin. I won first in forms, first in weapons, and second in fighting. So I, but I never had a first place world victory in fighting, just so you know. Bill had, Bill had, Bill has the... What? How many did you have, Bill? only a couple. Yeah, only a couple. So. And then I you know and then I trained with Leo Fong for a long time, and uh, with Bill for quite some time, and my friend Marcos. and uh, and then there's a woman named Tao that I did yoga with. She passed away and she was one hundred and one. So when I wake up in the morning, I do all full splits on the ground. I could do them cold, and I do my back bend, and part of that was learning that from Bill. When, when he had the videotapes out on the market But the yoga really took it to a different place So uh, I've been blessed to have this in my life Feel good Also to stop anyone who doesn't want me to feel good
0: Love it, love it, love it Listen, tonight was another Wow Impactful night An impact to educational leadership. I guess tonight were John Marion and the legend himself, Bill Superfoot Wallace. Good night. Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast.
2: Facebook.